When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, I'm Scott Sasha, and I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the buyouts are bigger in Texas sports business podcast, The Sportacast. All right, I see what you did there, bigger in Texas. You know, they should have signed it in the basement of the Alamo. <laughs> I remember you, that, yeah. You get that joke? Uh, I, I know what the Alamo is. Do I <laughs> So, so maybe I, clearly not, I guess. I was, <laughs> I was so surprised that you were going to get the basement of the Alamo joke. Yeah, the basement of the Alamo, I don't know. All right, I don't know what happens if you Google basement of the Alamo, but when okay. we're done, we'll talk about it on next show, but when we're done, okay. we'll go outside and we'll get, you'll Google it and we'll see what comes up. Okay. I love that Sounds you're like, because right away you responded very positively and I'm like, wait, you know that? No, I'm like, you, yeah, you, I'm like, <laughs> you don't know that. Do All not. right. Yeah, clearly so, do not. So the buyout was Jumbo for Jimbo. Jumbo for Jimbo. Jumbo for Jimbo. Also. I mean, yeah. if I may, and I thought maybe that would have been a better way to go for the open, <laughs> I, by the I way. I think it was. Yeah, okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Glad to see you're amenable today. Yeah. Um, but this is, and when we saw it, that he was going to get fired, or they were thinking about firing. I mean, how'd you like to be the athletic director to go to the Board of Regents and be like, well, we brought him in a lot of money. <laughs> this really isn't working out the way. And when you look back, I, I just don't get a, I, I don't understand where the leverage came from to get this kind of contract. Yep. It's not as if he is sort of a one of one to borrow a term from the NFT world. The whole thing that at a time when public universities are, are kind of uh, cutting back in the areas of, of education, uh, NIL, where they say they, they shouldn't pay players. Every argument sort of takes a ding when you see that Texas A&M is giving him 70, what, $77 million, million dollars yeah. not to coach. Oh, and by the way, if I may, this will be my last point, then I'll let you go off. But there's no offset. So this guy can go get another job at another university, collect four, three, four, five, six, whatever it is, and they still got to pay him the whole amount. Who in the world negotiated <laughs> this deal? This is Texas A&M football coach Jimbo Fisher. I've got a few thoughts here. One, just to kind of put in context – the what was happening when he signed this contract Jimbo Fisher came to Texas A&M five or six years ago uh, it happened right as Texas A&M was getting its feet under it in the SEC 
was was realizing some success, some football success, which is all that matters, against schools like Alabama and Auburn and, and other SEC powerhouses. They had just built the 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 biggest, glitziest, fanciest uh, stadium project, I think, in NCAA football history. They were flush with money, a lot of uh, oil uh, industry donors. Uh, it was a good time to be in the oil industry in, in the past five or six years. This was a school that was flush with money, was realizing new level of football success and thought that Jimbo Fisher, who was a longtime assistant and then head coach in Florida State, was was the answer. Um, so they gave him this contract that you're right, Scott, looks in retrospect, looks crazy. And it's two things. It's the size of the payout and you're, it's it's the offset. It's the fact that if he gets hired tomorrow, to be the coach at Houston, um, they, they still owe him all that money. It's can I can 70- I give five syllables here? Let me jump in Please. with five yeah, syllables. Yeah, go ahead. Incentive laden. Yes. <laughs> you can give him a nice base salary. That's okay. You think you're going to be great? Great. Loaded up with incentives at great numbers. Where if you do win, if the if the money pours in, you will be paid handsomely. Guaranteeing yeah, and- it all without an offset. Come on. And I think that certainly that the numbers are are extreme, but I think this is kind of the, the the direction of college football coaching, right? This is this is the way these contracts are going to increasingly play out. And the, the biggest bonus or, or payout um, that we've seen a severance payout that we'd seen prior in college football was um, it, it was Charlie Weiss. It was nineteen million dollars. So so you can look at this as three and a half times, which ain't the, nothing. The, the by next the way. closest, which is yeah. a yeah, which is a huge gap. Um, I would say that, that oftentimes these things get settled in in court. So Pat Fitzgerald is going to walk away with way more than $19 million probably from Northwestern. Um, So there's lots of, 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 of coaches who have walked away with some kind of private negotiated settlement package. That is, that is more than 19 million. But the other thing I'll say is, is there's a chance that financially, this is not a huge thing for the university. We often see athletic departments will raise money from donors specifically for Mm -hmm. this purpose. So I don't think it's like, Suddenly, Texas A&M somewhere on its balance sheet needs to find $77 million. Uh, they're going to pay it over the next uh, eight or so years, right? It's $20 million up front, then, then, a, then a bunch of $7 million payments year after year after that. Um, there's a good chance that enough Texas A&M donors came to the school and were like, we need a change. Here's $5 million. Put it towards whatever you want. But that they realized that eventually they had the financial wherewithal privately raised, funded to make this change, and that maybe that money wasn't going to be there if they were not changing the football coach. Who knows? There's a lot in there that I think is kind of up for interpretation, at least right now. But these Mel Tucker got one of these contracts. We didn't talk about it. I don't think Bill Self, basketball coach at Tech, at Kansas, just got a kind of a version of it also. These Where either did that in, number in come from? What else is Bill or Self going to go do? Yeah, I think that's the it, – it's not – I don't think schools always look at this as – as as them in a in a position of power, I think they look at this as this is our football coach. He's he's been recruiting very well, which Jimbo did. Uh, fans are going to be livid if he leaves, which is probably true. Back when they gave him this contract, um, I, I don't think schools do a very good job or even a job at all of really using their leverage position. Because you're right, Bill Self has been at Kansas forever. Uh, is the NBA interested? Who knows? The NBA is probably not going to pay him what he's getting paid at Kansas even and before. Let me tell you, he ain't going to have the quality of life as an NBA coach that he's going to have in the college level. A hundred, hundred percent. So, so yeah, who has the leverage in that situation? I think you can make an argue that that oftentimes schools have more leverage than they think they do, or, or certainly more leverage than they are willing to willing to put out there. But, but again, because of the way that that donors 
really drive a lot of these big time college sports programs. Oftentimes these contracts are paid for by themselves, by people who are like, you need to get the biggest coach ever. We need to get Jimbo Fisher. Eventually. And, and, and the opposite me, is also true. You're going to like this because you said oil donors, whatever. So yeah. I'm going to bring it. Eventually like T Boom Pickens and Oklahoma state says, yeah. is there something else I can do with my money? Like, that's it, the fear. It, eventually, yeah, the well exactly the runs fear. dry. There you go. That, that's it. The, that's, the, right. the spigot, that's the metaphor you're going the, for. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll all get there. The well runs dry. And yeah. then it's like, well, what do we do? Like, you can't go back again. You can't do this again. Why not? I, I just don't think the boosters will pay again. It's I, like, we, you, you tell the boosters you can get Urban Meyer for $100 million, and suddenly you have... 65 and is that, of it well, Gary, and what is, two and years what does later that you? And nothing, what does that guarantee you but, but it guarantees right. you some excitement and then when it's time <sighs> to buy him out in five years maybe the Awful. same donors Awful. are ready to do a change to get to get somebody this else is, this is what i know jim harbaugh yeah. gets suspended right so <laughs> yep. michigan michigan goes into penn state now if i'm paying jim harbaugh what i think you know they're paying jim harbaugh i didn't look at the number but i gotta figure we're not gonna win this game like, our head coach is not there. He is so darn valuable, and I get recruit. I get it, but they have recruiting coordinators that we got no chance without our head coach and his genius going into Penn State and his ability to motivate, yada, yada, yada. And Michigan goes into Penn State and beat, or, and they win. They beat the Nittany Lions. I'm like, what am I paying Jim Harbaugh for? What, yeah. Like, I mean, how valuable is, is Jim Harbaugh versus my, my assistant coach here? Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're selectively I'm you're overly one game. And, I understand. And, and, and I he know. prepped the team for the game up until the, the minute they stepped on the field. Get it, but he's not there coaching. I don't. know. Yeah, again, the, it's it's, it's the power dynamics are totally out of whack. The reverse, yes, that is factually true. The reverse side of that, do you think there is anyone at the University of Alabama that would tell you that they've overpaid Nick Saban? I think the answer is probably no. I, I think the, the 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 tens of millions, maybe at this point hundreds of millions that, that Nick Saban has made at Alabama in the past 15 years, I would think that almost everybody at the school says that every dime of that was money well spent. Yeah, but um, it didn't start out as that. Like, you know, he, he totally. built the legacy at Alabama. Jimbo Fisher didn't do that. 100%. Uh, yeah, Nick Saban picked up the legacy and rebuilt it. Yeah, but yeah. if Jimbo Fisher, in an alternate world where – he delivered on the expectation and Texas A&M not only was recruiting, but was on the field being a top five or top 10 football team. Um, yeah. I think this is a contract that works out really That's well. That's why I say incentive, for the school, right? Make, it, make yeah. it work first. Make it. Yeah. Okay, what's you, our line from the story? Hold on. What's our, what's our, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm scrolling. So you can talk right here. Da, 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 where is it? Here it is. Ready? Here's my favorite <laughs> paragraph line? from my story. You know where I'm yeah. going, right? Yeah. I have an idea. Yeah. Data. The 77 million is roughly what Texas A&M earns in a single year from tickets, sponsorship, licensing, and advertising from, and here's the important two words, all sports, Yeah. to frame what this means to Texas A&M. It's more than the operating budget of the football team, the men's basketball team, and the women's basketball team combined for a single year. Uh, yeah. And again, they're going to pay this out over over a bunch of years. There, there's 55 FBS program schools, Scott, that have their entire athletic budget is less than 77 million dollars, and that includes Power Five schools like UCF, like Houston, like Cincinnati. I mean, th- this is an, a, an astronomical amount of money, really, no matter how you slice it. But I do think that there is a chance that a lot of this is just being borne by rich, deep-pocketed owner uh, uh, donors who. We're ready to pony up to, to help make a change. Well, if anybody My question also, who, who do they hire next, right? Do, yeah. The next person's going to have to get a smaller contract, I would think. Yes. I mean, wh- wh- who, who comes in after this? It, it, there's, a, there's a strain in college football that, and college basketball is the same way, where 
everyone thinks the way they treat their coach on the way out is going to affect the way that who they, they can recruit the way who they can yeah. recruit the next guy. If yeah. I'm a college football coach and I'm thinking about taking a job at Texas A&M, they're going to treat you really well on your way out also, yeah. right? So there there is some there is some maybe this, some this value there. This to me there. is what they're striving for. <laughs> That's what the, that I think is part of the thinking here also is that the the the, the way that you structure some of these deals does make it a, a place that that a lot of coaches look at and they're like I would like to go there. I would like to go there. I, I go. I just look at like the mid majors in in basketball, and every, you find these guys that nobody knew, and they turn out to be great coaches. And that do some homework, do some diligence. Actually, go find a good young coach that you believe in that can make something of your program. For God's sake, Sportico search firm, Scott. Yeah, should well, we, how many? Oh, I think a lot of these universities <laughs> utilize the search firms just so they have somebody to blame. Just so they can yeah, deflect. It wasn't us. One hundred percent. It wasn't us. Anyway. No blame to go around uh, the NWSL. Only credit uh, being taken around the league for the new media deal. Um, what did we say? How many times? We went from one and a half million to what, 60? And we still don't know exactly what goes into that number. I, yeah. I get it. It's not B- all big, cash. Big caveat on the 60. Yeah, I big think. caveat. But it is a. we do know it is a healthy increase from where the NWSL was to where they are now. And this is news, partially not the number, but the news you and I broke six weeks ago at this point. Four new domestic national media partners for the NWSL. Um, it is Scripps, it is CBS, it is ESPN, and it is Amazon. Uh, the, the league officially announced it last week. Uh, we were told that there's a way of the accounting works to get it to $60 million a year, four-year deal, so $240 million. Um, that's a lot of money, Scott, even if... There's a hefty chunk of that 60 that is production costs. marketing budget And, cost. and even yeah. if it's yeah. promotions and things like that. Um, you're right. This was a, a league that was getting $1.5 from its TV partners um, last year. And if you factor in production costs off the $1.5 it was negative. Teams were losing money on, on the previous TV deal. Um, now, uh, they will not be losing money on the previous TV deal. Uh, so it is definitely a step up. Um, another interesting thing that caught my eye, I know it caught your eye as well, in, in there's 190 games NWSL games a year. 118 of them oh, are going to be you're streamed going direct to consumer. I hear direct you. I hear consumer. it in your voice. <laughs> the league will. Uh, it sounds like is looking to build a streaming service, a direct to consumer streaming service that were that will host the other 70 plus games that are not part of this national TV package. They'll need a partner, I'm sure, to find a, a new lion or a delta tray or something like that. Um, who knows what that's going to cost? So there could be some added costs here for for diehard NWSL fans that really want the opportunity to watch every game. But a, a mix. Of of traditional media here um, with, with CBS and ESPN. You got Amazon in here, and then you have the league standing up at some point uh, their own streaming service as well. Your thoughts, though, sort of on the disparate nature of it all, because, I, I mean, listen, fans are going to know Friday night means this, Wednesday night means this. I got it. But if I'm trying to build casual fans and build audience, um, you like that it's ESPN, you like that it's CBS, I get all that. But MLS, I know it's Apple. I know every single time, boom, I know exactly where I need to go. This, you got four different partners, and now maybe you're direct-to-consumer. Sometimes you get a little lost in the shuffle. I, I always say it's like it's true TV in March. I, everybody has to reacquaint the where it is on the channel lineup. There's no question that what MLS and Apple did from a – if you're a diehard fan, is a dream. It's it's one thing, no matter where you are, in, literally in the one world, you're watching it on the same on the same platform. Um, all of the NWSL owners I talked to, the Apple deal came up a lot 
nobody wanted that deal. <laughs> Everybody wanted, they even needed, if it was... You need scale right now. You, you need, need scale. scale. Even if it was multiple platforms, which this obviously is, everybody recognized that, that being on CBS, the, 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 the broadcast channel, occasionally is great. And being on ESPN or ESPN2, which they're going to be in, maybe, and even on ESP, ABC, Scott, they'll have some games on ABC, probably playoff games here, that there's a tremendous value there. So I think the owners, this was a very intentional move, obviously, to go for a deal that was going to put them in a lot of big reach megaphone places as opposed to a single place that that fans uh, that, that fans can find it. And, and, and four-year deal, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but four-year deal gets them through the end of the next World Cup cycle. Um, there's a lot of commercial growth happening in, in all aspects of NWSL right now. I think the expectation for a lot of people is, or a lot of people around the league is, we get four more years of growth from from the investors coming in to new sponsors to the the, the quality of play. Is there et something happening in four years that perhaps might be tied to the expiration of this contract? <laughs> there is, is, is there is there some there, event that has a, you know a soccer ball and maybe some flags and names you know? Is there something else going on that that might be tied to the expiration date? Get through the Women's World Cup in oh, 2026, yes, that, that. Yes, um, yes, yes. and hopefully the U.S. Women's team does well in that. An off year, I think you would say, last year at the, at the World Cup. Um, but this is a deal definitely structured so that if the commercial growth continues in the way we've seen in the past 18 months to two years, that there will hopefully be a much bigger deal on the back end of this contract. Can I tie this to garbage? Yes, I can. The expiration <laughs> of contracts matter. The timing matters. Uh, if you know anything about sort of your, uh, your labor negotiations between the city of New York and the Department of Sanitation, you mm-hmm. will know that the Department of Sanitation always wants the contracts to expire in June or July. Uh, the and the city would like it to expire in November, December, January, yes. something like that. This is interesting. I like this. Yes. Yeah. And the question everybody's thinking, what the heck is Sashnik talking about? Well, you know, you know why. I think because I do. In, yeah. Yes, I bet you do. In June and July, when it's really, really hot out, if there's a strike and the garbage piles up outside, it stinks to high heaven, and people demand that something gets solved because that's a huge quality of life issue. So expiration time matters. Right after the World Cup, that's a pretty darn good time for a contract to expire if you're selling a women's soccer league. That sounds like a good idea to me. Great stuff, Scott. I did not Thank think you. Uh, yeah, New I York can bring City, it to garbage. Uh, sanitation to politics garbage. was going to be a topic on the show here, uh, but you but you absolutely nailed it. I love it. I love it. And by the way, was a lot. Did you watch any of Gotham Reign? Did you watch any of the championship? I did game? not watch the championship game. You're outside running I, or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was but, I was actually at the UFC event on Saturday night. Oh, okay. But I mean, um, there was a lot of buildup. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like, like Ali Krieger and Megan Rapinoe's final game. Um, we had written about Carolyn Tisblodgett buying into Gotham, sent her yeah. congratulations. You know, that's a, that's a good you know first week or so as a uh, limited partner in a franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, do you get a ring? Do you get a ring for that? You know, you're here for a week. I don't know how much input you probably had, yeah. right? But it, we we've been talking about in the NWL specifically. It's not about sort of the what and the amount, but it's about the who. Like, who, who are these folks looking to get in? What's the level of sophistication? Um, what are the synergies with other businesses, with other teams? Uh, and, and that's sort of where we're looking. Uh, we talked about the uh, Seattle Sounders sort of in the home stretch to acquire rain. And obviously, we have know-how and synergies. So uh, interesting, interesting time. That, that's what we'll leave it. I'm curious to see where it all goes. And there is almost entire turnover of the league's ownership in the past three or four years at this point, right? Off the top of my head, I actually can't think of 
uh, a team once the Thorns are sold, the Red Stars just sold. Um, I can't think of any teams that are still owned by the, the people that owned them five years ago, Control Stake. Um, right. th- there's been so much turnover in this exact way. It's it's new MLS owners that also bought the NWSL team. It's new private equity investors. It's new uh, owners from other sports. There's a it's, it's a really nice mix of, 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 of very smart, deep-pocketed people from very different corners of sports and entertainment. But there has been almost an entirely full turnover roster of, of owners as NWSL reaches whatever you want to call this new level of, of commercial success. Speaking of smart people, though, I don't want to comment on the deep-pocketed nature of Kurt Bodenhausen's personal life, but I love when I'm <laughs> sitting next to Kurt and, you know, you, you get a little alert that Aerial Investments is selling 13% of its Manchester United stake. And, of course, what we try to do at Sportico, and I think every kind of outlet does, is what the, the why, the what, yeah. why should you care, what does it matter? Um, they have been selling down you know, oh, yeah. for, for a while now. But, you know, then Kurt says, well, to me, this says this is the biggest indicator that they don't expect any sort of really price bump, like nothing, nothing soaring, nothing like when when the Glazers said they were looking to sell the franchise the and, and, and yeah. the numbers soared. Uh, Kurt told me that what they've been selling a lot. They paid between 12 and 14 for much of it. Right. Per share, uh, peak yeah. to 12. Yeah. Per share. Um, you're at 18 now, so this is you know taking some money off the table. This to Kurt means the biggest indication that uh, you know Mr. Radcliffe will uh, buy uh, a stake of the team, and that's all that's priced in. That's where we are. They're not expecting any surprises. Where oh, guess what? Full control sale, and we're changing hands. So uh, yeah, I, I, ju- that- I just thought we mentioned it, and Kurt looks at it that way. That sounds exactly right. The this was once the largest institutional shareholder in Manchester United, no number longer the now. largest. Number uh, two now, now number two. They've sold by my calculation almost fifty percent of their shares. They had uh, in 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 March of twenty twenty two. They had twelve point three million. It looks like they've sold around six million uh, in the past uh, five quarters. So definitely shifting down. Who knows if they're trying to get out entirely? But if they bought that many shares, Scott, between. Twelve and and fourteen dollars, and now they're selling it at eighteen. That's that's not a bad uh, that's not a bad end result uh, for the investors. It, it does make me wonder what what to actually extrapolate from from this about Manchester United and and just how prohibitively expensive uh, international soccer at that level is becoming. Um, but I it does certainly seem like this is a group that feels like the value that they were going to extract out of this investment um, has happened, and and now it's time to strike while the iron's hot. I had a conversation with a hockey dad. I was in the rink all day Saturday, and um, we played Providence, and one of the dads, actually goalie dad from the other team, huge PSG fan, and I see him on Twitter all the time talking. Hmm. And he was just sort of discussing sort of the post-Neymar and Messi era and how are they going to move forward. I said, uh, my, my guess is you're going to sort of see, see a homegrown rebuild. Right? It's not going to be just pouring unlimited resources in, chasing, chasing that Champions League dream. And for PSG especially, which is owned by the Qatari government, I think there's an argument that that some of the value of having that was about the build-up to the World Cup. And now that the World Cup in Qatar has happened – um, I think it's an interesting question about what where where the Qataris see that that value now that the World Cup is in the rearview mirror as opposed to uh, to coming up. Um, but yeah, this is this is the world that that all these teams are now competing against. It's not individual humans; it's people with hundreds of billions of dollars of capital. And that's and by uh, the way, some don't necessarily need to win. Exactly. You know, yeah. And some don't or, necessarily or money. need to make yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's maybe, yeah. That's maybe even the bigger thing. Some don't need to make yeah. money. Yeah, they're exactly. just like, I, they, they do want to, I just want to win and I don't care. Remember like way back when, when I said I asked Mark Cuban after he won the first NBA title, uh, I think he lost money that year. Um, 
do you consider it a victory if if you win a championship? I think the first one, yes, uh, but lose money in the future. Lose money. Yeah, I'm the worst. I, I've never actually asked him again. Should I shoot him a note saying, "Hey, hey, Mark, I've told this anecdote a couple of times, but I don't remember what you said." Totally. Yeah, like, I don't know what their books look him, like. like. They no, haven't I won a second title. Anyway. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And also, by the way, what popped in this morning, um, this is not surprising here, but CAA, which has evolution, you know, we, we, we know yep. that, Alan Gold, but CAA uh, combining with M. Klein & Co. Um, to uh, chase sports, media, tech, sports adjacency, investment house, taking on the likes of Rain and Lion Tree and just another, an, another person in, or another, another group in the mix. Yeah, another group that's going to help with M&A deals, help with capital raises, maybe take equity as a piece of the deals that they do that's worked out very successfully for for those other groups that you've mentioned, Scott. CAA recently just changed hands or is about to change hands. I don't know if that deal is officially, has officially closed yet. But um, yeah, there's no shortage of, of, of sports dealmakers. But as more people look at all of these things as a, as a new kind of asset class and as the blending of sports and entertainment and media kind of continues to accelerate, uh, I do think you're going to see more and more groups that see see opportunity in, in, in that world for sure. I love that we come from a position where we are fortunate enough we have access to some of the smartest folks, obviously, in the industry at a moment. Us, something like this. Them, no, no, yeah. access to, certainly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I can call you if I want that, but, you know, I'm talking smartest <laughs> people in the industry. Not, I'm not calling you. Uh, that's why I mentioned Badenhausen. He's on, he's on my, my speed dial. There you um, go. But something, boom, this hits. Okay. It, you know, I, I see the, the news headline flash right away. So I send three messages out to three different people. Hey, give me the why. Give me what, what's up here. What do you see? Yeah. And one was very interesting. Just some person came back and said, Klein has embedded relationships with sovereign wealth in the Middle East. Evolution sees the writing on the wall. Smart to make this partnership happen. That's fish where the fish are. Yeah, yeah I, I, I just love it. I don't know enough about Michael Klein to know what I, I didn't know. Okay, yeah. but that makes total sense. If he's embedded in the Middle East, um, uh, it makes perfect sense because we see a lot of investment coming from that part of the world. Yeah, my first reaction on this is that this is, this is kind of what evolution – Media capital does, does. already, right? Yes. Like this Alan is the, they're this, already right? yeah, yeah. doing these yeah. M and A capital raises, equity equity position, things like that. Um, but yeah, if there's if there is something that that M Klein and maybe it is relationships in specific parts of the world, uh, if there's something that they bring to the table that that facilitate whatever this joint venture being bigger than the sum of its parts, yeah, that makes uh, that that makes total sense to me. All right, go ahead. You can close out the show. That's all I got, my friend. All righty, he is Scott Soshnik. You can find him on Twitter. At Soshnik, I am Eben Novi Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. By the way, wait, I have to jump in there. By the Ooh, way, okay. you, you have you have more followers than I do. No, I saw that the other day. Whoa, look at that. See, most people would keep that quiet. Yeah, anybody with ego would keep that quiet. <laughs> I am thrilled to see you building your audience and be successful. Though, the the I am overseas thrilled. content farms that I'm paying to follow uh, me finally, uh, I, finally I kicked say, in. <laughs> listen, I've, I've got a lot of things I do. I do not have the time to devote audience development to Twitter that you do. You do a wonderful job. And I luckily, what do, what can I do? When I when yeah, I dra- you know in cars they draft, right? So mm-hmm. I get really close on my Twitter feed. I draft, which to me is the retweet button. That's the draft, sure, yeah. And that's what I can I can pay attention to. That you do such a great job that I'm happy to let you 
bask in the glory and build that audience as long as I can then retweet. Attaboy, I, way I, to go. I manage that with the underscore, Scott. I just want to make that. I want to yeah, hammer well, that you're, point you're home. Over, overcoming. I mean, it's taking you a really home. long... It's taking you, in fairness, it has taken you a really long time to make that happen. It has. Well, folks, you should but follow both of us. You should follow Scott at Sasha. You should follow me at Novi underscore But I need 201 Williams. more people to follow me than him so I can reclaim That's my That's fine. I'm, I'm happy to see that. The show is produced by Aaron Greenewald. Shout out to Aaron. She does a great job. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.